What up, what up? want to welcome you all back to the Socks and Sandals podcast, where society, culture, history, and religion collide, and we unapologetically discuss our worldviews. It's your guy, Emmanuel. I'm back in the kitchen. I'm whipping it up. And this is part two of the Comedic Way uh, with Brother Heru Kainu and yours truly, Emmanuel Williams. Um, we're just going to pick up from where we left off. Uh, There's going to be a little overlap, but yeah, we're going to pick up with the, where the conversation ended, uh, kind of going over me trying to low-key pin him down on um the pharaohs or incident biddies i think that's what he called it um that they to see if he would admit concede any fact of any pharaoh ever mistreating anyone as a result of you know the pharaohs having all the wealth that they had and that they had amassed and how that imbalance even came to fruition but with less describing from me and more context from the conversation let's hop back into it all right hope y'all enjoy hit me up on twitter and instagram at sxsndls uh personal instagram emmanuel since 85 uh hit me up if you have any questions or if you just want to hop in on the conversation all right without further ado Let's do it. Itself is perceived as he's as the earth sovereign. Is it making sense? It makes I'm sense. I'm not saying whether you agree with it. No, no, I'm no. Just, it yeah. makes sense on yeah. a level of ideally in that situation, yeah. you don't have to ask for anything. Nothing. And I and I understand that. Yes. That's very simple. Yeah. It's very reasonable. I get that. Okay. That wasn't what I was asking. What I'm asking is not that you have that and you were born into it. I understand privilege. I think we all understand privilege. Certain people are born into wealth. And so that's why like white people now today, they don't feel guilty for anything that they have because they already have it. Like I was born with a trust fund. I didn't do anything to these black people, <laughs> but somebody had to do something to other people to create an imbalance of wealth. That's what I'm speaking to. So, so because there is an imbalance of wealth, because this this family over gotcha. here has amassed all of this stuff and it continues to be passed down, gotcha. are you saying that they never mistreated anyone and, I, and, and I, was out of balance? And, and I got with, you. With are you nature? saying any one individual? Has any individual possibly I'm been? talking about these pharaohs, no, 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 no. these people so, who no, are and this is, supposedly here, supposed I'm to be now, the embodiment. I'm hearing you now loud and clear. Of God, or I'm hearing, of you, I'm the hearing you now. You call I'm hearing you now, loud and clear. Okay, that's has all I'm any to individual get ever been done wrong? I'm pretty sure an individual has been done by wrong. these Hold people. It. No, because I already gave you the distinction where that person sits and where so the ruler sits. isn't responsible but now, for but anything take, now, that, that now, happens in his kingdom. Now take this, because here's what I want you to get. When I talked about what their role is mm-hmm. in the world and in the society, out of Kemet came Sumer, came. Uh, 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 came Harappa, came Shang, came Olmec, came Tanay, right? Mm-hmm. Building civilizations and societies, mm-hmm. all right? Out of Nubia, all right, mm-hmm. the pastoral civilization, came the Dravidian civilization. In the area of ancient, uh, that we call China, preceding um, uh, Shang, came Zia, the civilization of Zia. In uh, the area of Tanay, the Nubian society actually proceeded there in creating society. This is the African way. Now, name one civil, one society 
okay, built. I'm not talking about conquered. Mm -hmm. That Christianity created. It's Christianity not a, is so new. No, <laughs> it's no, 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 so no, no. new. It's, first of all, Christianity is two thousand years old. That is new. No, in for the gatherer hunter with their new civilization in two thousand years. Okay, they migrated to various parts of this planet. And they took their particular way of life. The but look, I don't, I, I don't, I don't, look, let me, let me, let me tell you this about me. The point me, that I'm making is the distinction between African civilizations and societies, faiths, religion, and the way of life <laughs> is that of building versus the others. Conquest. That's the difference. So if you're trying to compare the two. I'm not, that's, that's no, what no, no, I'm no, trying to do. What I'm getting at, because you're asking me a point and I'm trying to get to, well, if anybody's ever been affected, the answer would be yes. But are you saying is that the the orientation of the society? The no. answer is no. No, 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 no. That's not, that's okay, not what I was Okay, but then I totally mistook you. That's then. not what I was asking. I think you were trying to take it as an attack. I took it as... Um, as like, like... Yeah, I did take it as... Not, it as I didn't attack. take it as an attack. I took it as you were asking as if there was a comparison, not an attack. Well, I'm, I am comparing, I am comparing people. And yeah. to me, okay, but these are just people. To you, they are the embodiment of of the the guys that you name actually, the 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 deity or whatever the, whatever you call them actually they are the embodiment so actually, i'm saying to if me these just, people actually to me they're just people but i understand the society and how the society functions so for example give it just be very brief so for example we're in the u.s right now mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. and the president is just a person mm -hmm. okay but his office it's not him it's the office in which he sits that distinguishes him from the ordinary person. It's he is a person. It's the office in which he sits that distinguishes him. Do you follow? Okay. So it makes him greater in the society. It gives him a greater capacity. He has power simply on his word. You know what I mean? In terms of governing this society. It's the mm -hmm. office. It's not him. Okay. Okay? Yep. It's very similar. I'm saying it's it's that kind of thing. They are in Kemet. It's the office. It's not the person. They are people. I'm very clear that they are people. What I've shared with you is how their systems work. That's what I'm getting at. I feel you to an extent as far as the system, but I'm trying to narrow it down. Yeah, that's all I'm trying human? to do. Yeah. So they were humans. They were humans. So that's what I'm saying. How could you say that it's a fact that the that this man is the embodiment because no one is saying the president is the embodiment of some greater life force. That's not what I, the system that we're living here's in. Here's what I said. And, that's, and I'm just uh -huh. trying to understand in your system, uh -huh. like, is that is it a fact that that person is really, this man is truly supposed to be the embodiment of this life force? And uh, where are those men today I who are the embodiments of this I life force? I think you misunderstood, misheard. I said, in this society, they celebrate him. You see, you see, follow what I'm saying? As the embodiment. They celebrate him as the embodiment. Our folks aren't stupid. They know he wasn't born of a cow and born of a of a, 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 a bull. Do you follow that? But when so I ask you about the, the, the queen being born and the, and the I'm sun giving you, and all that, and I'm, giving I'm you, saying when did they know I'm that that wasn't you, the truth? And I'm giving you the symbolism because you said you're a Christian, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so you your, your religion is replete with symbolism. Jesus dies, rises on the third day. Jesus mm -hmm. comes back. Really? Mm -hmm. Really? Really? Or is that belief? 
Are you saying did he did I'm he did he resurrect? You, I'm saying did he resurrect? I'm, I'm saying in the religion. Is no, that for real or is that belief? That's for real. No, okay. No, I'm talking <laughs> about Jesus is the the historical person and the resurrection. Uh, Are you um, saying about like empirical evidence towards that? Are you? Is that what you're saying? That's you exactly. Talking? Yeah. No. Yes. That's real. Yeah. Okay. So that's your belief. Okay. Because you can't you can't adduce not a single shred of evidence mm. to substantiate your not belief in that shred? regard. Not a single shred of evidence to mm. substantiate your belief in that regard. So what you so what you have taken on the, hey man, So what but you've that's, taken that's, on that's real. That's so what you so what you've taken on is your faith and you stand firm in your faith. But don't get that twisted with fact. That's your belief. Okay? And as I said, in this society, symbolically, they celebrated this person who's actually born of a mother and father. Okay. Physically. Mm -hmm. But when that person ascends the throne, mm -hmm. he is celebrated symbolically as born of a wild cow and a wild bull. Why? Mm. Why? Because they because give life. Because I'm saying right? you must understand the faith. Because mm -hmm. why? The faith of the pastoral faith, okay? The, in the pastoral faith, mm -hmm. if you're a cattle herder, you celebrate the force, the source of life that feeds you. And it is elevated. It's mm -hmm. revered. Mm -hmm. It's celebrated, okay? Mm -hmm. It's not like um, um, taken for granted. Like we go to the store, mm -hmm. and we buy food from the store, and it's taken for granted where it comes from. There's no real relationship. That's a fact. So, That's right. a fact, so yeah. here in their society, they celebrate that. He is the sovereign. He is the embodiment of food. You see, because as I said at the beginning, civilization is based on food. Mm. How people procure their food. Mm. The story of civilization and the story of our lives centered around food. Three things, food, resources, and comfort. And it ain't changed. Mm -hmm. Food, resources, and comfort. So in this, he as he ascends the throne, he says, I am the way to abundance and prosperity. I am the way to food, resources, and comfort. I am the embodiment of food. I am the cow, the sacred cow. I'm the sacred bull. I'm the sacred fish. I'm the sacred seed. I'm the sacred plant. Mm -hmm. And so when they look at this leader, his responsibility is to guide the society in the way to abundance. Mm -hmm. And prosperity. So when we look at, for example, the societies that Kemet generated, and we look at what was behind it, because that's mm -hmm. the question to ask. What was behind it? In Kemetic civilization, um, Kemetic society, the Nile River flooded every year during a certain time. Mm -hmm. And in the, the society was a farming society. And they used irrigation technology mm -hmm. to generate the harvest. Mm -hmm. But the Nile River didn't flood the same level every year. So in some seasons, if it did not flood as much, it could generate famine mm -hmm. in the land. So what did the Insubiti do? Because it's his responsibility to generate abundance in society. I mean, it's abundance in prosperity. He sent folks out to new land. Because see, Kemet was, as it still is, an oasis in a desert. Mm -hmm. Is where it is, in Africa, North Africa, an oasis in a desert. Mm -hmm. So what did he do? He sent folks out to find other land, to plant seeds, to generate food, to bring back, mm -hmm. so that folks could be fed, Word. all right? Mm -hmm. And so in doing so, Sumer developed. So when you actually look at Sumer, 
Even the names of some of the cities and towns have the same name as the, uh, the cities and towns in Kemet. It mm-hmm. was a mirror image, a mm-hmm. mirror. Mm-hmm. It's what they created. Yeah. And so, and, and so what they were doing, they exchanged, so they were bringing food back to the society, to feed the society. So what I'm getting at is, uh, in part here, is that here you have, when we look at comedic society, because these are the things I looked at, right? Mm-hmm. How did our people do this? How did they get, how did, how did they um, 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 carry, how did, how did farming, for example, go around the world? It didn't go around the world by the sword mm-hmm. or the spear, right? It's a conversation about food. Mm-hmm. The gatherer hunter, for example, in generating food, the lifestyle of the gatherer hunter did not generate and cannot generate as much food as farming does. So when our folks moved, um, uh, 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 migrated to different areas, there were some areas of the planet. Remember, we're talking about 10 million people on the planet, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of places just totally uninhabited. There's nobody there. Mm-hmm. So they are creating farming where farming never existed. And they are occupying places where no humans have ever existed. But then there are places where they have gone where the gatherer hunter, descendants of the gatherer hunters, are there living the gather hunter lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So what did they do? They actually exchanged with them and shared with them that particular lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Some gather hunters took it on, some did not. But they didn't fight them to end their particular lifestyle to say that you must live this one. Mm-hmm. They shared food. And their stories, I mean, literally, the stories are there. Mm-hmm. The record is there, okay? So then, <clears throat> Going to the record is so much there. I mean, in in the oral accounts that eventually became uh, written accounts, and this is why also to your um, listener who asked about why Kemet, right? Mm-hmm. Why Kemet? Mm-hmm. Kemet is Africa's first writing society. It's the world's first writing society. There is no writing before. Well, there is new writing started in Nubia, actually, but our Nubian ancestors continued the oral tradition, they considered the oral tradition to be more sacred. That is, from the mouth of the Creator to my ears, mm-hmm. and from my mouth to your ears, mm-hmm. they considered that to be sacred. And Kemet, Kemet can still continue the oral tradition, because even today we speak more than we write, right? For sure. So they continued the oral tradition, but they also started writing. Mm-hmm. Um, in, um, yeah, so they started writing <clears throat> in their society. The thing is, is that when we look at what our ancestors did, they gifted. So I was getting to this writing thing. So in writing, when they started writing, they took writing around the ancient world. So in Summa, there's the story of a Asar coming to Summa and teaching the people the way of agriculture. Mm-hmm. In India, it's in the Rig Veda, the story of Asar mm-hmm. that taught agriculture. Mm-hmm. In China, the story is there. Mm-hmm. The story of, they call him the farmer god, mm-hmm. teaching people agriculture. Mm-hmm. It's here in Mesoamerica. You follow what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Teaching people agriculture in uh, India. I mean, well, it is India subcontinent today. So, in uh, the first area of agriculture, is a place called Kali Bagan. Kali Bagan. 
archaeologists to this day identified the earliest place where agriculture occurred in the area, and here's what one of the things that they write about it, that the apparently those who brought it there, who introduced it there, because it didn't originate there, mm -hmm. but those who brought it there introduced it to the people there and, as a demonstration. Mm -hmm. And people there, seeing that it generated more food, some people embraced it. Now, this is the difference in African way of life, and this is the point that one of the points that I want to make about the difference in what African people did in their contribution to the world from 10 million. I mean, from that, uh, yeah, the population of 10 million, right? Mm -hmm. From with the gift of agriculture, carrying it around the world, going from 10 million to seven and a half billion people, a gift of food. The greatest gift. I ask people when I teach classes about Kemet, what's what's the greatest so-called use the word discovery, which isn't the right word. <laughs> what's this greatest discovery of our ancestors? Or, or the greatest achievement, I'm sorry. And most people will invariably say pyramids. <laughs> <laughs> right? Pyramids. But mm -hmm. I say no. Because as our folks chronicle the pyramid of Khufu of the third dynasty took thirty years to build. 30 years to build. Now it's, it's, it's a magnificent thing because in that 30 years, they had 30 years to build it and get it done before this particular star that actually only comes around so many thousands of years mm -hmm. would shine directly into a particular shaft. So you had to get it done within a certain period of time. Now that's genius. Mm -hmm. That's absolute genius. Mm -hmm. However, that pyramid can't build if you can't feed a population for 30 years. Mm -hmm. That's the greatest achievement, mm -hmm. food. Now, when we look at other folks, and I'm not saying this to denigrate, I'm saying this to distinguish, right? Mm -hmm. When we look at other folks and what they've done in the world, particularly when we talk about white folks, and you know this, and I'm not beating down on white folks to just, you know, beat down on white folks. I'm saying right. what is historically accurate, mm -hmm. that we want to change. When we look at what white folks have done, they have come in and destroyed Mm -hmm. The white folks tell you that they are bringers of civilization, but here's a good question. If you're, if you're lovers of civilizations and bringers of civilizations, why did you destroy everyone that you encountered? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, they, they're not they're truthful. Not. No. So <laughs> when you look at their systems, Islam, Judaism, Christianity, each one has come in as a system of conquest and pillage. So let's, let's, let's pause right there. Let's okay. pause right there. Yeah, okay. So... Um, Let's take Christianity mm -hmm. before the white folks got a hold of it. Would you still call it a system of conquest? Or do you think that it's the white man's religion and it was created by white people? So then you're asking where did Christianity come from? And Christianity, well, you, you said you I'm just I'm yeah, just yeah. piggybacking off of yeah. you said it was created as a means of conquest. Yeah, it is. Okay. Yeah. So that means white people created it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, fundamentally yes. Now, what is Christianity made up of? You know, in terms of its components, its um, faith components are made up of principally African uh, African faiths. Okay, so okay. there was someone uh -huh. that asked, you know, a, a, mm -hmm. a comparison of the stories of Jesus and Horus. And Haru. Or Haru, yeah. okay. So um, Jesus is a composite mm -hmm. of, of um, Asar, mm -hmm. who is the preeminent agricultural force, mm -hmm. and Haru who is a principal 
force who is the um, the force of truth. Real quick, is uh-huh. he a historical person or just a figment of it's, someone's uh, imagination? It's <laughs> not, ima- not that way. I, I understand what you're saying, but these are principles. No, I'm just saying. Yeah, I know. But off yeah. the principles, not a human a, being. Is he? Is it, did he live and walk on this? No, earth? not as a human being. Okay, there no, was no one in this principle. world named Yeshua or Jesus right. Christ. This whole story. A made principle. Up. Okay, it's a. It's made a. Uh, both are principles. Okay. Life forces. Okay. So Asar, who is in uh, Kemet, the governing principle, who manifests as the embodiment of agriculture, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The embodiment of food mm-hmm. by way of farming. Um, Jesus, um, the story of Jesus is centered around that, all right? Mm-hmm. Providing food. Jesus felt them, fed the multitude, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Bread and fish, all right? Asar's symbol is that of bread and fish. You follow? Mm-hmm. Asar, who was slaughtered by his brother who fought for sovereignty, cut him up into 42 pieces. And his wife reconstituted his pieces and regenerated him. Asar was resurrected. Jesus was resurrected. I tell you, there's, a, for your listeners, um, um, a very, very good work to get is The Book of the Beginnings. Mm. It's entitled The Book of, Books of Beginnings by Gerald Massey. Um, and Gerald Massey, he was, a, uh, he was a Catholic priest in Europe and who said, you know, when he was studying the Bible and he wanted to go further, you know, dealing with the origins and all, mm-hmm. he said, everything kept leading me back to Kemet. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, so he started studying Kemet to find out why. And what mm-hmm. he realized is Christianity is a composite taken from Kemet. And he mm-hmm. does the best. One of the best studies. In another book, because uh, the books of beginnings over a thousand pages uh, reading. But uh, he does a comparison chart in the back of that book, mm-hmm. uh, Jesus and uh, Asar. And you can actually find it on my website, That say because I took that chart and I republished it okay. on my website on Kemet Way. Mm-hmm. Um, under, when you go to my, that page on KemetWay.com, and I have um, uh, Kemet Digest. And on the Kemet Digest, I have African Origin of Christianity, and you'll see the that chart. There's mm-hmm. another book called Man and His Gods by Homer W. Smith, mm-hmm. white guy who wrote it probably around 1950, 1951. Mm-hmm. But it's an excellent work to read. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Haru is the force of truth. Mm-hmm. So um, what our ancestors taught was truth is not an inert thing. In other words, there's an energy behind truth, persuasion and coercion, mm-hmm. all right? And so he's the force of truth. So you have Jesus who did what? He fought to... Re- fought who? He fought Harad, didn't he? To restore his father to the throne. Jesus fought who? Harad. Harad. No. I mean, with Jesus... Jesus who did Jesus fight to restore his father to the throne? As he said, I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought throne. this up. I'm glad you brought this up. Um... It's tough. This this is a tough part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Why? Because you're a Christian. Not only because I'm a Christian, but just because you are a teacher, mm-hmm. very wise man, and you uh you are very um, firm in your convictions. You have great courage in your convictions, but when you when you're speaking almost authoritatively about a story that you don't believe in 
and you're getting your 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 details messed up. Oh, I get details messed up even <laughs> about Kimmich, so they had no problem. Believe me, I mean, I, I know, man, but corrected. it's like you you trying to tell me you are trying to tell me uh-huh. about what I believe. I'm asking you. Uh, questions. I'm not telling you about no, what no, you believe. You are. You are. You're telling me about what Jesus did, what he didn't do, that he didn't rise, that there's no proof. And you're telling me that he fought somebody where there is nowhere in the Bible that he fought anybody. So therefore, I don't and even know where you're getting the information first from. First of all, all the accounts so now of I'm Jesus. Questioning. First of all, all the stories and accounts of Jesus aren't in the Bible. Jesus they didn't write a single word in the Bible, did he? I didn't all, say he did. No, no, no. I, I said that. I said he didn't write No one word. said that Jesus wrote I, anything. Right. So the point is, the stories of you Jesus state, You state in the obvious. So the stories of Jesus aren't all in the Bible. Jesus, no one said that. No one is arguing in the, that. In the accounts there are many of the extra stories biblical of, writings. In the accounts of the stories of Jesus, at the age of 33, Jesus supposedly fought to restore his father. He didn't. Yes, he Well, Well, you say he didn't or not. But I, I read I'm the not, Bible, brother. Listen, listen. <laughs> you don't read the Bible. All, and I said all accounts <laughs> about Jesus are not in the Bible. So I didn't even reference the Bible when I said it. I referenced Christianity. What did you read, though? I read a lot. Okay, but you so, re- you referencing so, so nothing. Oh, 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 I'll tell you what. I'll give, <laughs> you, a, I'll give you a reference. Okay, give me a reference. Me. When you read the uh, work um, that I just indicated, uh, the Books of Beginnings, you'll find it there. Oh, because, so because he uh, No, put, I'm giving you. You asked me for a reference. Cool, no, cool, he's cool, a researcher. Cool. Okay. You want a reference. Okay. I'll give you another reference because I can give you references for it. Give me, man. I need all the references. African Origins of the Major Western Religions mm-hmm. by Dr. Yosef Benyakin. So I don't want you to think it's just black and white. Okay. Massey was white. Dr. I don't care ben, about the color at this point. Dr. Ben is black. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's um, the brother, uh, his name uh, escapes me right now, but the African origins of Christianity. Um, uh, when you look his work up, it will come up. The African okay. origin of Christianity. So let's so stop I'm right there. At, so what I'm getting oh, ahead, at is, ahead, I'm giving you references for what I'm saying. Okay, so you're so giving me references. I didn't, I didn't create it. Listen to what I'm saying. I didn't create it, and it didn't just come to me. Okay. Okay. Ten minutes ago. Mm-hmm. You said that Jesus didn't exist. Stories he, of Jesus. No, 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 no. Stories. I said, I, I, and I'm, I, I said it clear, and we and, and we and we got this on recording. Let me go back. I asked you, did he live? Was he a as real a person being? as a human being? No. You said no. No. So who are who are these people that you say are have references of his life if he didn't live? They reference stories. What stories? Okay. So so you're saying they oh. reference these scholars these. These guys who are my studying brother, history. No, no, no. Let, let, let me I'm finish. Let you let finish. finish. I'm going to let you finish. You're saying these guys that, that are scholars that are studying history. Right. You're telling me that they are writing historical accounts of somebody who didn't exist? Of stories. Yes. So Herod existed? No. These are stories. Oh, Herod didn't exist. Stories. Let oh, me ask you this. Oh, okay, so okay. Let me ask you this. So they're writing scholarly mm-hmm. research I love the point on that you're fables. Making. I love the point I, that you're I, making. I see where you're I love going the with point this. that you're making. <laughs> Here's go. Now, I want your listeners. You no, no, no. Me. I want your listeners to know that we just bump fists. Oh, I'm for sure. A po- so I'm real, making a real point. I'm going to make a very good point. Let's go. Let's okay? go. Let's go. What say you of the writers, right? The historians who write about Santa Claus. There are no historians no, that no, write no, about Santa yes, Claus. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. So I defy you. Go and look up Santa Claus on, what is it, uh, uh, Wikipedia? Go to Wikipedia. And, no, no, no. Go to Wikipedia. Nah, that's that's too no, 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 no. You told me there, there, there is no, no, no historians writing about Santa Claus. Go to <laughs> Amazon Books, mm. okay, mm-hmm. and type in Santa Claus. And <laughs> I defy Santa you. Claus no, 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 no. And I okay. defy you. 
to tell me that there are no books written on the history of Santa Claus. Stating now I'm going to ask a, you. Now I'm going to ask you. Does Santa Claus exist? No. Huh? No. Now, but there, let me finish because I want to do exactly what you just said to me. <laughs> I want you to hear what you just said to me. There, Santa Claus no did point. not exist, right? Mm-hmm. Yet there are people who write about the story of Santa Claus. Okay. Okay. Do you get my point? I get what you're you saying. Do you feel me? I get what you're Do saying. Do you feel me? Yes. Okay. Jesus did not exist, mm. but there are people who written who wrote about the story, like I said, of so, Jesus Christ. You asked me, did Haru exist as a human being? And did a song. No, no, no. I didn't ask you. You did. That. You asked me that. No, I did I said, what are the comparisons? The comparisons you said, between... did they exist? You said, did they exist like as a human being? And I said, no. I oh, said okay. they were principles. Well, I'm just talking about the question I asked about They're five principles. Yeah. They're symbols. They're principles. Mm-hmm. So, for example, even though you're a Christian, right? You do talk about living a principled life, don't you? For what sure. is a principle? The laws of a, God. A, it's a principle. It's something that guides you. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. You can't... You, how, do you, how do you even, how do you even uh, assess a principle? You can't point to it. Yes, language. No, you can't. You know what? How you how you assess a principle? It manifests through you, and that's exactly what I said. Okay, so I hear what you're saying with the principles, um, and what I was getting at was um, the claim that uh, that Jesus wasn't a real person. What was the other point? You know, I, I wouldn't even stay on that point. Here's what I would do. I would simply refer you to works to read on the life of Jesus. So, as I said, you know, one of the best scholars, I think Gerald Massey, Gerald Massey spent his life as a writer. I just so wanna, he spent his share, life writing no, about a no, fictitious no, 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 no. character? I want to I share something with you. No, he spent his life writing about the sources of Christianity mm. And other religions. Mm-hmm. Okay, this mm-hmm. is the the key thing about him. Mm-hmm. So this guy, in doing the books at the beginnings, which he wrote in eighteen eighty three, came back with another two volume set called the Natural Genesis that went even further in dealing with Africa and the um, uh, the origins of religion, spirituality, and language. Mm-hmm. Right, eighteen eighty seven, and then in nineteen oh nineteen oh three or either nineteen oh seven, uh, his uh, last two volumes set entitled "Ancient Egypt: Light of the World." So he says when he wrote the work, he said, "You know, I was in the twilight when I wrote Books of the Beginnings. I was in the dawn when I wrote the Natural Genesis. I was in the light when I wrote Ancient Egypt: Light of the World." And it also explains why Egypt. There are a number of works out there that deal with the origins of Christianity, written by blacks and whites, mm-hmm. who actually show why. Mm-hmm. I mean, where it came from and why. Mm-hmm. Okay? I mean, I'm not... Here, listen to this. I'm a black man. And one of the things that I'm committed to is black people knowing their history. This is where we started. Mm-hmm. Okay? Black people knowing their history. I got... My family is predominantly Christian. Okay? But I'm not, not going to not tell my family the truth. Right? My family was enslaved. Mm-hmm. So what? Should I not tell my family the truth that our family, my you know, family members were enslaved here in the country because it's what uh, discomfortable or uncomfortable or something like that? Slavery is not exclusive to any belief. Slavery is when you talk about slavery because slavery is not just slavery. You need to know what you're talking about when you're talking well, about chattel, slavery. Well, you there's chattel, chattel slavery. slavery yeah. There's uh, there is 
slavery of people owning people. Mm -hmm. There's state sponsored slavery. So there's different types of slavery. There's levels to it. Okay, it's different types of slavery. So Mm -hmm. when most people speak about slavery, they don't know that. They don't know that. Right? Now, I understand what you're saying. Because, see, if you you believe in the Bible, which, you know, uh, is uh, in part... Like I said, coming from Kemet and also uh, in part derived from the Torah, which preceded it. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. then you believe in the story of African people being—I mean, not African people, what you, what Jews being enslaved in Africa, enslaved yeah. in—you uh, believe that? Of and course, so, it's part of the Bible, right? <laughs> and so here's your belief, with not rooted in any kind of fact, because here's the story: they are supposedly caused to task, right? Under Pharaoh Ramses in Kemet, building pyramids. But here's the fact. The Christians didn't build the pyramids. Here's the fact. I'm talking about the Hebrews. But the, or the he- but, I'm sorry, the Hebrews. But the yeah. Christian religion right, right. is in part yeah, it comes out derived right. from the Hebrew right. religion. Yeah, for sure. So, and your beliefs. Mm-hmm. So, the Ramses <laughs> were on the throne during the 18th dynasty. Pyramids were built during the third dynasty. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't. So, no, I'm telling you. I don't describe facts, to anyone that says the that are. the Hebrews here, here, built the pyramids. Here are some folks talking about building pyramids in Kemet of mud, okay, of mud, mm-hmm. of mud stone. I mean, of mud. Mm-hmm. When the pyramids are built of stone, they're there today. You can go see them, mm-hmm. okay. No, me, and, me and you're on the Kemet, same page. No, I'm just saying. We don't have and to walk Kemet, that one down. Kemet, as I said, for your listeners, which is significant about it, is that Kemet is a writing society. That's the beauty of it. Mm-hmm. That's why we go to Kemet. Because our ancestors, they wanted to know something that you and I wanted to know. They also wanted to know what happened before. Right? Because we've been on this planet for over five million years, five million years. So they asked about their ancestors too, because they're our ancestors, right? So they wanted to know. So when you read the, uh, uh, the, the writings of our ancestors of Kemet, they also wrote about the folks before them. So they write about the Nubians. All right? So they write about the gatherer hunters, because they were excited to know their history, right? And they write about their own history. And that's one of the things that is so wonderful about it. Now, we have to be clear on something. Our ancestors speaking for themselves, right? And somebody else speaking, trying to speak for them. So for example, we know that in the world of white people, white people have done everything in the world to denigrate Kemet. Everything in the world. Not only that, they've, they've to denigrate it, they've done everything to co-opt it, you know what I mean, to claim it as white. So we see what movies of Cleopatra, you know, okay. uh, with uh, what is it, Elizabeth Taylor, mm-hmm. you know, playing her as white. White folks just did something recently called uh, War of the Guards or whatever the hell it is mm-hmm. that uh, uh, they've cast white people mm-hmm. in the so-called images of the of the Neturu, you know, Haru as some white white guy, yeah. uh, you know, whatever as some white guy. So we have to be clear. You go, we go into, you know, to this museum. I'm doing a project around this museum right now, uh, celebrating Tukunk Amun. Here's the pathology of white folks. So here you have artifacts from this great civilization and this great uh, uh, leader in Kemet on display. But the story, the primary story of this exhibit is about Carter, who invaded the tomb. That's what the, the exhibit is celebrating. It's called Carter's Discovery of the Treasures of Tut Ankh Abed. Mm-hmm. All right? Mm-hmm. And in the story, 
They are not saying anywhere that Tukunk Amun was a person of African descent of an African civilization. So if you go to Amzi's website and look as I did, there's a three-minute video there with this, you know, uh, adult female taking a little white uh, female, white female, a white adult female taking a little white female by the hand as she goes from one artifact to the next and is just being blown away. Yet the impression that it is given to give to white folks that this is yours. That this is yours. And so we must be clear because <clears throat> if we are not clear, Malcolm X said something to us. Very, you know, clear. He said, listen, <clears throat> you have to be clear where you're getting information from. He said, because your enemy literally can have you denigrating yourself and celebrating them. And this is why our history is so important. The details of our history are so important. You know, listen, <clears throat> you be whatever years you want. I don't walk around with a picket sign. I used to, I mean, I never did, but I don't walk around with a picket sign to black folks, don't do this, don't do that. I'm clear, as I told you why. I don't, you know, I'm not of a certain way, you know. I'm, I embraced an African faith because I'm an African person. But I'm clear about it. I didn't just jump into this. I was born into a Christian family. You know what I mean? I left Christianity not because of Islam. I left Christianity when I was in Christian, when I was a Christian. I wanted to know, you know, I laying in bed seven, about eight years old, talking with my older sister, and I wanted to know why would God kill his son? Who, who killed his son? God allowed his son to be killed. Did he kill his son? Yeah, basically because see, in the Christian story, God controls it all. Mm. You understand? Mm. So he allowed his son to be killed, mm -hmm. and so I asked my sister. I said, "Well, then, if that's the case, see what I'm saying? I can't be with that God." Mm -hmm. I wasn't with that faith. So what, what does your God do for you? <clears throat> the life force is done for me, air. I celebrate Shu. Earth. I celebrate Gap. I celebrate Ra every day. But you, you even said if you cease to exist, the Earth doesn't care about you. It doesn't matter. Earth doesn't matter. Continue you know what? But yeah. the, the life forces have already given us what we need. What's that? Food, resources, and comfort. What happens when you go through a drought? You create that yourself. Oh, man creates a drought? A drought? A drought, I'm sorry, a drought. Oh. When creation, creation is provided. No, no, I'm saying when there's a drought, like if there's... Yeah. And what do you do? Yeah. You go look for water. Has water dried up on this planet? Mm -mm. No, it hasn't. But people do die of starvation. They do drive starvation. Yeah. Why? Because the God doesn't love them? No. Maybe. Oh, according to, I'm this. talking about according to your way. No, it isn't. Because see, now you're confused about something. I'm asking I love questions. I the conversation, but you're I'm asking, about I'm something. asking questions. Does your God provide you food? Does, Does he provide do, food? do Christians die of drought? Let me ask you that. Are there Christians that have died of drought? For sure. Have there, are there Christians that have died of starvation? For sure. Did they die because they were Christians? I wouldn't say that. I'm asking you. No. Okay. So you're asking me a question of... As if there's a God there. There's, I said in African faith, there's no puppeteering God that's gonna. I'm gonna, I'm gonna lead so and so to water. I'm going to lead so and so and so in the opposite direction, or I'm gonna control water and deprive these folks. That's not a part of African faith. What is a part of African faith is that the elements exist. You know what migrations? You know what the the the, the initial reason for migrations? <clears throat> 
pursuit of food, resources, and comfort. Remember when you said the first day? You might be looking around. Actually, on the first day, human beings were moving, looking for the resources that they needed to survive. And human beings have been doing it ever since. <laughs> have never stopped. I like your style. I like your style. Yeah. I like yours. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a mutual style society. <laughs> I like your style. It's important, good brother. I'm not, you know, I, I know I, we got tense uh, in some parts of what we're doing, which is fine. I mean, conversation is a part of the conversation. Movie. When you go deep yeah. into um, whatever it is, I don't care what it is, mm -hmm. you know, that we talk. I mean, we agree principally in what we're talking about. We agree, huh. but but, uh, it, but there are some big disagreements, and I don't and I don't want to gloss that. over and make it seem like it's all like it, there's some big disagreements. I'm not. I'm not the only thing over. I want to yeah. get in yeah. it, it. I mean, I've had these kind of conversations. This is what I do. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I don't proclaim to know everything. I'm at, I'm really seeking knowledge, mm -hmm. and I'm asking questions, and I'm trying to take my frame of reference and also make it make it make sense in my mind because yeah. I'm always coming into new information all the time mm -hmm. and I learn a lot more from people than I do from books honestly because when I can sit down and talk to you for two hours two and a half hours there's a lot of information I can gain I can gain years of reading precisely in a very short amount of time so I'm dealing with this coming coming at me as I as I go and the only thing that I don't like about this is like when I leave and I listen to this I'm gonna have way more questions and I'm gonna be able to flesh up my thoughts a little bit better than yours how they're fleshed out because this is what you do you know, um, but you, if I can share this, you yeah. said something that which I think is so important. I've been studying since I was 18 years old. <laughs> I'm 61, and I'm and still I'm, studying. And I'm 33. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I just went to a book fair yesterday buying mm -hmm. books. I read, I study, I study, and I study. Mm -hmm. And I share with folks all the time. You can learn from me much quicker than if people ask me, well, how did you get where you... You know, put me on the path mm -hmm. of what you did. I said, if I put you on the path, <laughs> my library, I mean, I've had thousands of books yeah. in my library. Yeah. <clears throat> I've read hundreds mm -hmm. and I'm sure maybe thousands of books. Mm -hmm. But I, if I told somebody to go do that, read everything that I read, then you'd be reading over 30 years. Right. Um, and, you know, this is, a, uh, typ this is typical of our ancestors and the way of our ancestors. So this is a real good point here. The accumulated body of knowledge that I have, I can share it with somebody younger than me, mm -hmm. much faster than it took me to learn it. Mm -hmm. So therefore, that person can learn from me in a fraction of the time. Exactly. Then have their life experience mm -hmm. added to it. So then when they teach the next, their offspring and go on. So imagine the fact that our folks did this, like from the Gatherer Hunter Society, as I mentioned, mm -hmm. 666,000 generations mm -hmm. ago, 5 million years. Mm -hmm. 666,000 generations of information, accumulated information. It's called a body of knowledge. Mm -hmm. And so with that body of knowledge, these people are, I mean, the body of knowledge, just having it creates genius, because genius is just simply the accumulation of information. Mm -hmm. So in their societies, these people are genius. For sure. Because they know it all. Mm -hmm. They know the environment. They know the plants. They know every tree. They know every river. They know the life of rivers. They know how to, how, how to navigate them. They know by looking at the river, the signs of the rivers. They know the weather. They know the clouds. They know the sky. They know it all. 
mm-hmm. unlike us, tend mm-hmm. to be blind within the spaces that we uh, occupy. Mm-hmm. And then when you look at the Nubian society that built on this society, they didn't condemn, they just simply added to it. And then when you look at Kemet, which added to it. And mm-hmm. the phenomenon of Kemet is, Kemet wrote it. You know what I mean? That's why we refer to Kemet. I know that some people denigrate Kemet because they think that, you know what I mean, like folks are putting down something else. No. Uh-uh. When you read our historians, which is important, that we do read. I think it's important that folks do know uh, Dr. Yosef ben Yaakov. It's, mm-hmm. it's vitally important that folks know um, uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Cheikh Ante Diop, that people know Robin Walker. Robin Walker did a book entitled When We Rule. Mm-hmm. And it's a chronology of African civilization from beginning, you know, on still. I mean, even if we're not reading as much, we should have libraries in our homes, Word. all right, that you can go to and reference, you know, for us. And, and this kind of information, if it's passed down from generation to generation and our people understand it, it helps us deal with who we are. In this society, I mean, in, here in Portland, our children aren't being taught African history, mm-hmm. African civilization, African glory. So what are our folks believing? You know, being taught that white people did it all. That all references white. Mm-hmm. You know, when white folks, I notice when white folks start talking, they immediately start talking with the Greeks. You know, so they refer Greek. You know, let's go back to, you know, such and such and such Greek. Well, then, for me and white folks, y'all are too late. You know, 8th century, um, what is it, ninth century B.C., you know, as Dr. Clark has said, you know, the <coughs> three-quarters of African human history has already occurred. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Three-quarters of history has mm-hmm. already occurred, mm-hmm. even before white folks have ever even come in, you know, to the picture. That's right. late. And our folks walking around with inferiority complex, inferiority complex comes by way of not having Mm-hmm. You know, information. This information is armor. It shields. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the force. So if you got history, the force is with you. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what we must have. And so when we have that, the details of who we are, the details of who we were, what we've done, our people can then walk stronger, walk prouder about who they are. Not only that, but this is the blueprint for building. Mm-hmm. So in creating community, when I, I'm out here and I do work of creating community, I create community based on the blueprint of our ancestors because that's what I ask them. How did you do what you did? That's what I want to know. I'm not celebrating, you know, man, they did great pyramids. I can't, we can't live in, in, in that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just, oh, well, let's all go look at the pyramids and, and, and just revel and, you know, marvel at that. Okay, but it's not going to feed us. It's not going to do nothing it's, for us. It's not going to unite us. Mm-hmm. All right? It may, it may, it'll, it'll do something for us. Um, and intellectually, mm-hmm. knowing you know that we did this and we're descendants of these people and it's our relatives. Mm-hmm. However, we want to know how do we get out of this? Like That's black folks, black folks in Portland have been torn asunder, gentrified, as as it's called. Mm-hmm. And so, in being, how do we reconstitute communities? What are communities? How important are communities? Right. When we look at what our people have done, it teaches us that mm-hmm. how uh, important communities are. The reason I emphasize food, people talk about unity and may not understand how unity occurs. But what I recognize is one of the things I teach is that food is the basis of civilization. And as I said to people all the time, 
If you can feed yourself, you can free yourself. Mm. Name me a conquered people who are feeding themselves. You can't. Because if you don't control your food, you understand? You don't control anything. You got folks, what, migrating up from Guatemala? What is it? Uh, um, from Central America? Mm -hmm. Migrating from Central America, what are they doing? They're leaving their own land. Right? Mm -hmm. And migrating here for jobs, as they say. And they're leaving their own land. Why? Because they don't control their production of their own food. Mm -hmm. Their own life. You know? Mm -hmm. So, and I mean, you got it. Folks leaving Africa. Africans of crossing the Mediterranean from North Africa, boatloads, mm -hmm. right? And drowning in the Mediterranean Sea by the boatload, mm -hmm. trying to get to Europe mm -hmm. for better conditions because we don't control food, resources, and comfort mm -hmm. in our own space. Mm -hmm. This is why it's so important. You know, this is why history is so important. And I'm going to end on this, and then we can end this, right? So uh, there's a book, Destruction of Black Civilization by... Uh, the great historian Dr. Chancellor Williams. Mm -hmm. And he opens the story with um, this legend. Um, and the legend says that the traveler coming across the old man in Sumer, in the area of Sumer, and he asked the old man, he said, uh, what happened to the people of Sumer? He said, you know, I heard that the people of Sumer were once a great people. What happened to them? Ah, the old man said. He said, they lost their history, so they died. Mm. That's deep. So you're saying we lost our history. We lost our history. Mm -hmm. But we still here, though. Here's what? A defeated, conquered yep. people in disarray. Yep. But history mm -hmm. is what allows us to know who we are. So as we're trying to wrap up, mm -hmm. I don't believe... I believe that all of this is necessary. Mm -hmm. We all need to know this. However, I don't believe that we will be able to make a comeback as a people purely off of this knowledge. Not the one thing. No one thing helps you. Mm -hmm. However, you will never organize black people without the element of history. Not only that, as I just no, it's, it's it's the it's foundation, just, but I'm I'm thinking like it's not even beyond the foundation, like uh, let's say a, a 400 year plan. Let me share this with you. Every nation, modern nation today, mm -hmm. is founded on the structure of African civilization. Every one of them, every one of them, right now today. Now here we are. Here you know here we are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> The one people who are descendants of the folks, mm -hmm. not using the model that we already have. They're not you. I mean, yes, they, they do. They're, they've Every taken bits and pieces of it. That's the but point. they have their own model. They have certain elements of theirs, but the foundation, for example, the urban society is an African model. It came from African people. The very type of government that you have in terms of the uh, um, the hierarchy. But that doesn't make. What does that do for us? When we look at our own... What does that do for us right now? When we look at our own and we ask, how, for example, do we create government that works? Well, then go ask African people, how do you create government that works? We have societies after societies. I mean, do you know... I mean, but look, all, look all, this, all this talk about what we did thousands of years ago, 
that ain't getting us. That ain't getting us nothing right now. When we talk about Kemet, that's thousands of years ago. But when we talk about African societies right now that are rebuilding all over the continent of Africa, would you want to look at them and find out how they're building? Or where are you going to look? Let me ask you that. Right now, right now, the place that I'm looking is South Africa, and I think they're getting it right. But outside of South Africa, you think so? Yeah, Malema is taking that land back. You think so? Yes. So our, I say Malema. South who, who Africa right say? now. South Africa right now is one of the most corrupt, backward governments that you could possibly think of. But Malema right is the person now. that I can that I, I'm seeing right now I, that's turning I it around. I concur with you. Yeah. That he is an activist moving in the right direction, using the right language, For sure. and moving in the right way. Yeah, he's taking the right action. But you said that South. You said South Africa mm-hmm. is a model. You didn't just say him. And I'm speaking to the government that's there right now. Well, he's it's the president. The, it's one of the most backward governments. The well, you got you, that, but the he's but he's the leader. No, I I get that. I get that. No, all I'm saying no, no, is no. We can't dismiss that as something small. The infrastructure of the government right now is in the hands of external forces by way of bribery and control. That's a fact. So Malema is not um, his rhetoric mm-hmm. is good, but he doesn't. But his even actions control. aren't. He doesn't even control in, in the right direction for. He the, doesn't even control it. Mm. So is he controlled who's, by who's, the white supremacists? Who's my? Uh, Zimbabwe. Um, well, you asked me the models that I would look at. I would look at Julius Nyeri, uh, leaders in terms of systems that they put in place. Because bear in mind that we're we're trying to create in conditions of war and conditions of opposition to folks wanting you to create anything, right? Mm-hmm. There are folks who are pressed against us creating at all, anywhere. So that when you look at, for example, what folks have been able to do in Kenya, you know, in creating a stable, relatively speaking, mm-hmm. even though it's in opposition, why? Because the whites continue to try to foil, you know, the society there at every turn to ensure neocolonialism will endure. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, um, I mean, in Tanzania, Zaire, Zimbabwe, it's the same. Mm-hmm. Namibia, it's the same. Mm-hmm. It's the colonial, you know, uh, 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 external governments mm-hmm. attempting to create and in, or ensure that neocolonialism endures. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. So that, for example, Nigeria, Africa's so-called wealthiest nation right now. Mm-hmm. Africa's so-called wealthiest nation is still controlled by England. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Its army... Right, mm-hmm. its army is more a, of a police force that it gets to use against its own people mm-hmm. or its external neighbors. Right, mm-hmm. but it's the threat from its neighbors. Right to prevent the invasion of its neighbors, it has a pact with England for England's military force. Same thing with the the, the African nations that were colonized by the French that are still under the so-called Francophone, you know, uh, 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 agreement. Mm-hmm. You understand? They're still neo-colonial. I get it. All right? Now, uh, if you read the work of Kwame Nkrumah, Nkrumah made a very good point. He came to, you familiar with Nkrumah? No. Okay. So Nkrumah um, became uh, president of Ghana. Ghana became the so-called first independent or the first nation to become independent fighting the 
white colonialism, mm-hmm. 1957. Oh, you would consider them oh, of, of Africa? Of Africa. Of Africa. Yeah. So one of the things that he realized is he said, look, we've been able to raise the flag of independence. He said, but the reality of independence is not the, you know, the reality. Mm-hmm. It's different from the symbol. Mm-hmm. We raise the symbol of independence, but the reality is not the same. Why? Because we're in a global system. Because culturally, on the one hand, culturally, Ghana remains under the cultural domination of its white enslavers. Mm-hmm. He said, so the people there in Ghana, <laughs> they look externally to white people for their cues, for how they want to establish a government and how they're going to run. They don't look to their traditions. They don't look to their history. They're looking to white folks, right? White folks in Ghana still celebrate the Queen of England. <laughs> the white courts in Ghana, the judges wear white wigs like the white boys in Europe and use white law, white canon to govern their society. White folks in, I mean, black folks in South Africa, the courts of law mm-hmm. do the same. The technology, right, mm-hmm. is in the hands of white folks. So in, in South Africa, the land, 75% of arable land, mm-hmm. farming land, in the hand of whites. I understand that. And, and Malema is going against the it. The rhetoric. I concur. Who was it that was just deposed, man? Um, darn. But you you got to give him some credit. I'm not I'm not taking credit away. I'm only stating what are facts so that we learn from them. You know what I mean? Like, yes, um, uh, uh, Patrice Lumumba, great, you know, leader, first Mm-hmm. Uh, a leader of independent um, uh, um, Congo, Congo mm-hmm. but killed mm-hmm. for that, yeah. right? Um, and we can go on and on of mm-hmm. those who rhetorically, right? Uh, so that and so that's that's what I'm trying to get at. I mean, um, the even if Ghana had the knowledge, even if Ghana practiced. What Kemet practiced, or Africa, or, or or the or their traditional way, or their traditional yeah. way. Even if Ghana did that, would that really give them the independence? The independence that you yeah. think that they should have? Yeah, absolutely. So in Krumer and um, Africa Must Unite, uh, one of his uh, numerous books said that. They achieved political independence. What they did not achieve was cultural independence. So culturally, the people were still dominated by white mentality. Okay. So he said, so it, what was missing was folks, re, re, you know, taking to their own traditions, their own history, and learning their own way. Mm-hmm. So therefore, their identity remained a white identity as opposed to an African identity. Mm-hmm. What I'm getting at is, yeah. so, if you don't have the so military the power, saying, it don't, it doesn't matter. You can have the military power. Is the point that I make, I'm making? Who has it though? And, and what I'm saying, you can have the military power, and they had power. 
You understand? But Here's you, the I, point. I feel like you gotta have the the knowledge. Then you, like you said, you gotta have the culture, and then after that, the military power cements it. So you can go knowledge, culture, but no military. It's a wrap because you can I, always I, I you can it. you can go to war with Nigeria and they're gonna I, kill you because of Britain. I get that too. I get that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and I get that. And you make a valid point. So yeah. the point is, you can have the military, and if you don't have the culture. It will not make the difference. And you see it all over Africa. Yeah. Many African nations are run by military governments mm-hmm. who are actually become dictators, yeah. who are not moving from an African-centered perspective at all. Like, we talk African-centered. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, African-centered perspective. Yeah. Them folks will kill you over an African-centered perspective. That's Why? what I'm saying. So if they're not doing it in Africa, how are we going to do it here? You have to work to do it. This is why you educate. Isn't that why you're doing your, uh, your program? <laughs> Not necessarily for an African center, but it, it is. I, I am doing it to, to educate. educate and elevate people. That's it. But look, I I understand that white supremacy is it. And Ain't nobody overcoming it? white supremacy. Oh only, yeah, only uh, white supremacy is going to overcome itself. That's no, it's it. not. No, it's not either. You have to attend my lecture huh? so that you know that that's not that's not that's we not. Know, we don't we don't have the resources, man. As much no, as I we, love my people, we have the resources and we have the capacity. The question is whether or not you use your resources, how you use your resources. African the white folk, supremacists control the resources. African folks, that's the point. African that's, folk, a, that's what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. They, they control it. African folks have the resources. But they don't control. Right? But they don't control. Right. Right? And part of the reason that they don't control, they don't even think in that that way of controlling. But their militaries so can't go to war with America or China. or They, they, they don't, don't have, have to. Yes, they do. Okay, let me ask yes, you this. Yes, they do. You're missing Because China's something. coming in there. They're about to buy everything. You're missing something. And if, they, if you don't sell it to them, they're going to take it eventually. That's a good point. <laughs> Japan lost war in 1944. Mm-hmm. Dropped the bombs, Nagasaki and Hiroshima. Mm-hmm. And, and Japan threw up their hands, unconditional surrender. And immediately, those folks went to war with the U.S., Mm-hmm. and its allies from that time on. And they didn't send another weapon, military weapon. But you know why? Because hmm. they understood that the war was cultural, to maintain their culture. And you know what they eventually did? They defeated the U.S. in its own damn game. Capitalism, economy, mm-hmm. an economic and cultural war. Maintain your culture. Mm-hmm. And they fought on an economic level. Mm-hmm. So today, almost everything that you turn over has what? Made in Japan. Mm-hmm. And the Japanese have not lost their culture. They have not lost their Japanese identity. And you know what they still are a part of? The Asian pack. Even though they have a military pack with the U.S. Mm-hmm. against the Chinese, because they did not want to be involved, you know, invaded and controlled by the Chinese, mm-hmm. they had a military pack with the U.S., okay? Mm-hmm. They have been easing that pact with the U.S. They are still a part of what they call the Sino bloc. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, um, yeah, the uh, Asian bloc, the red bloc. Mm-hmm. They are part of it. They have an Asian pact. All right? So together, they work with the Chinese in defeating the U.S. So they've defeated them that way. The, what I'm saying to you here is a lesson. Mm-hmm. It isn't just military. What Nkrumah understood... They delivered a military victory, I mean blow, and won a military war and raised a flag. 
However, culturally, their folks were still under the hypnotism of white people, culturally. Mm-hmm. It's a cultural war. It's a cultural war. So even though the U.S. and Canada are in alliance as Euro-centered nations, mm-hmm. the Canadians are fighting the U.S. And they realized that they were losing the war initially because of the cultural war. So they were losing their identity. And what they were doing, they were losing their identity based on allowing U.S. programming into their country, television. Mm-hmm. In Asia, um, this is in, uh, I think it's in China. In Asia, you had a village of the monks who, with the internet, allowed internet into their particular village. So one of the things they realized was their children, basically had begun to go haywire. (laughs) Their children started disrespecting them wanting to dress a certain way, wanting to eat a certain way, and wanting to, you know, to do this and that a certain way. Mm-hmm. And what they did was they identified the source of the problem. It was a U.S. programming that they allowed into their village mm-hmm. that disrupted them. Mm-hmm. And what did they do? They got rid of the Internet and U.S. programming. They got rid of the U.S. programming. Mm-hmm. And what they did, the village calmed down and the children started moving in the way of their village. So you're talking about people that live in their own nation. No, it's not just your own nation. It's anywhere you are. So, what they call this, they call it soft power. So you have hard power, that's when you roll a tank up. Mm-hmm. And you have soft power. So even the U.S., Soviet Union, China, and all these other nations came to realize that soft power is actually more effective than hard power. Why? Because when you roll a tank up into a particular community, people can identify the enemy real quick. Mm -hmm. But when you roll a TV up and you give people, you know what I mean, Mm -hmm. Black Panther, Mm -hmm. and you give them this, Mm -hmm. and you give them that, then in that, they call it like a Trojan horse. Then you can roll in all other kinds of values. And so, we are, to a great extent, the way we are because we are plugged into white media. Not black media, but white media. And so hearing the voicing of white people, I mean, by and large, black people aren't controlled by black leadership, the voices of black leadership. White leadership is what we are hearing every day. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to have guns to start with. It's culture. You do need guns. I'm not saying you don't. I'm not saying you don't. But guns are not your most effective weapon. Culture is. So well, it's 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 interesting that you say that. I had a uh, episode, and me and my fellas is three of us, and we was talking about what is black culture. Yeah. There is no such thing as. No, it is. I mean, no, as far as like. You ask 10 different people, you're going to get 10 different answers. Yeah, you are, because they're not plugged into it. Yeah. So I'll ask you, what is black culture? Black culture is a milieu. It is a milieu, and it's a cloth. 
sort of that you that you dress in. Mm-hmm. It's made up of, of it's made up of language, philosophy, and history. Mm. That's how culture is defined. That's how culture is transmitted through language, through history, and through the guiding philosophy. That's what makes up culture. And so when you have that. Language is like your um, like your transportation. It's what conveys the ideas. You know, civilization lives in words. Like, so, so black culture is steeped in English. It's language. steeped in English language, but it's not just because it's English language. We don't control the language. See, it can be any language. You can use any language as the vehicle, mm-hmm. because what you're conveying is the culture. You're conveying the philosophy, and you're conveying the culture itself. So, what's the philosophy the of black culture? philosophy of black culture has to do with how we perceive the world and how we view the world. Mm-hmm. For example, so if you view the world as you are part of the world, right, mm-hmm. and that you are seeking to live with the world in a life-centered way, mm-hmm. that's generally indicative of black culture mm-hmm. and black philosophy. It's all over the world. Black people see themselves as a part of the world. White culture, or by uh, a philosophy on the other hand, sees itself outside of it. Hence, it, it rather than seek to relate to it, it seeks to conquer. Mm-hmm. That's in its language. Mm-hmm. From, its, from the beginning that you ever, from the beginning that white folks adopted writing, when you read their writing, it's all about conquest. Mm-hmm. It's about take Alibaba and the 40 Thieves, Pirates of the Caribbean, you know what I mean? Uh, what's the uh, um, Indiana Jones? Mm-hmm. You know, all those stories. Star Trek. It's about taking. Star Wars, you know, all about taking conquer is two different things. Like the Greek cosmogony. Yeah. But then people will say that you know the Greeks got it from us, but they just took it in. No, they it. yeah they they put their interjected white identity into it. Yeah, because, they, they interjected yeah, the, no, the conquest part. Yeah, there's of it. no yeah. there's no white. I mean, no black uh, life forces like Zeus. Right. You know. So, um, language, philosophy, and history. History, um, in part, gives you your identity. Where you come from, and your your sense of what you perceive as black history. Mm -hmm. You Mm -hmm. read a thousand books, but it didn't all come. Hold on, I'm just saying. I'm listening. What you perceive as black history, and what the general population perceives as black history. You and the stars. Uh, I get that. I get that, but and you know what? All, the rest of us are in the dirt. But you know what? <laughs> but you know what? And that's it's, it's an interesting point that you're making because what it goes to is institutions. It goes to institutions. Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing that goes for white people. You know what I mean? White people have historians, right? Mm-hmm. Who study and make history. I mean, you know, write and chronicle history. The white masses don't know any damn history. <laughs> They're governed by the institutions mm-hmm. that define for them, you know, their reality. That's why white people argue with you that the Egyptians were white. Well, how do you know that? They ain't picked up a single damn book. Mm-hmm. They watched the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so white people control the it's the the mechanism uh, the the yeah the mechanism uh, by which language is being conveyed. It's control of the language. So you you can speak English, but if you control the English language, you can do what? Have the language convey what you want to it to convey. Mm-hmm. Ideas, philosophy, and history. Like we're using the English language to convey history. Mm-hmm. Come in history. 
I'm not speaking to you in a comedic language. I'm not speaking to you in Mendoneta. Facts. Right? Mm -hmm. So it's the control of the language, how you control language. Language is not, as people tend to think, like, I mean, English. As people tend to think, some uh, organic white language. It isn't. No. A large percentage of the English words are African. Yeah, it's Phoenician and all that stuff. You know what I mean? It's yeah. made up of, it's a bastard language, you know, I mm -hmm. mean, it, well, anyway, it's a, I get it. it's a Creole language. <laughs> there you go. So. <laughs> it's a little, little more friendly. Right it's, <laughs> right, it's a Creole language. Yeah, yeah. But these people control the language, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. How it's going to be used. And so it's about those three things. So when you control those three things, then you can shape. So then when we look at the 60s, we were doing that. We were controlling language. So mm -hmm. we turned bad to bad. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It wasn't a negative. It became, oh, man, he's bad, bro. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Something positive. We were controlling language. We were controlling imagery. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Right? Yep. We were controlling the conversation, something called a cultural conversation. So what you have in communities are a cultural conversation. So in those communities, <clears throat> I'm black and I'm proud. So in hearing that, folks began to manifest that, all right? So mm -hmm. a black person dressed this way. So folks were dressing fashionably a certain kind of way. Mm -hmm. Bush hairstyle or what? Well, not everybody wore Bush, but there were many hairstyles yeah, natural, in the community. Afro. Yeah, mm -hmm. so we, were, we controlled the conversation <clears throat> and we began to manifest in the culture. We were listening to black music. All genres of black music were thriving you know, at the time, mm -hmm. every, you know, era, whether it was gospel, spirituals, jazz, blues, rhythm and blues, all of it mm -hmm. was thriving in blackness mm -hmm. based on how we would define it. But as we, as, you know, COINTELPRO people tend to think that it was simply a political attack on political leaders. It wasn't. It was an overarching attack on black people. It attacked oh, everything. No doubt. So what occurred is we lost. Mm -hmm. We were losing in battles. We lost battles. We've not lost the war. We're still here. So we lost battles, and, and we lost cultural battles, and we're losing cultural battles even more. Because when I tell folks, listen, that garbage America has got talent, the voice, mm -hmm. and all that old trash, that stuff is about interjecting whiteness into black spaces. Well, then, you ever put white singers up against black singers. When do white, white voices ever compare to black voices? Mm -hmm. Never. Never. However, here's what occurred. Instead of black folks sticking to listening to their voices and, and, and singing, because you said white folks will never produce an Aretha. Franklin, never. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. So, however, what they have now is they began to have black folks changing their voices. And so now you got some black folks who are singing, the white folks can just easily sing if the black folks' voices, the quality, mm -hmm. is down. Mm -hmm. We're not singing the best of our voices. Mm -hmm. We're listening to stuff now. So I listen to, you know, you hear some stuff now and you can't tell if it's a black person or a white person unless you already know, yeah, so-and-so's black. Mm -hmm. But if you were listening to the voice, it's a different story. That's a fact. So though that was done to give white folks entree into another, you know, avenue also that they exploit for money. Mm -hmm. You know, white folks are all, white folks are parasitic. They and so as parasites, they thrive on other people, their cultural output. Mm 
So whatever black people create, white folks jump on it to take it. Whether it's language, whether it's how we do in sports. I mean, you know, go back. I mean, you so know. That, so that was one of the points that came up. If mm-hmm. everything that we create, white people take and own, what's the value of our culture? We don't own the music that we create. White people own that. Right. Why? We don't own. I mean, we've they created basketball. We perfected it, but we don't own the league. We don't own the teams. Why? We don't own anything. Because our languaging in our philosophy. Once upon a time, there was a philosophy called do for self in the black community. This is what we were talking. This is what Panther Party was talking. Mm-hmm. Do for self. And when we were doing that, we did control our own. And we weren't moving in the direction of controlling our own. You know, rap music came out of that conversation of controlling our own. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Before it got co-opted and bought. You know what I mean? And now raped. <laughs> but we but we never effectively did it for an extended period of time. We did do it for periods of time. I'm in saying places. for an extended period of time. And in places. We did. And so the thing is, we were not able to sustain it because it constantly comes under war. But that does not mean that you give up. So what occurs is, is that we and our communities have not sustained our conversation of do for self and pressing forward and it being ours and distinctly ours. It's, well, I will say now that conversation is coming up a lot more. But it's but like you said, the, the colonization of the mind is where it's at. And but so because you, we have been colonized in the mind and because we still seek after the things that the European seeks after, yeah. the material and all that, and we seek after their degrees and the Ivy, like we seek after all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So we're continually going to be in the same spot if we continue to seek after what they seek as opposed to create our own. Which means they're defining our reality. Yeah. Philosophy. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Black culture is steeped in seeking after what the white people have. Now, black culture has been supplemented. So black folks have basically put black culture to the side and are adopting white patterns. Yes. And white culture as their reality. And yes. so and so that's that's you know so what we're having are what I call um, in terms of the cultural conversation. Mm-hmm. The cultural conversation that black people are having has been. Uh, um, uh, penetrated by white culture. Mm-hmm. So we must shift that conversation. So in our conversations, it shouldn't be about whiteness that we are pursuing. It should be about blackness that we are pursuing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Black control of our reality. Of our reality. Mm-hmm. So um, so the cultural conversation right now is controlled by white people. We're listening to white people. White mm-hmm. radio, white dominated radio, white television, white newspapers, you know, white, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so what occurs is we come back and we regurgitate it, mm-hmm. you know, to each other. Man, yeah, we, you know, we need jobs. Where are black folks talking about controlling their own business? Where are black folks coming about? And see, this is why I was saying earlier, a part of the history has to do with your identity. It shapes your identity. Mm-hmm. You're the same birds of a feather flock together. Mm-hmm. So if we don't see each other through the same eyes, so if I don't see myself in you, that's the identity. Mm-hmm. If I don't see myself in you, it becomes difficult for me to unite with you, mm-hmm. you see. And that's why history is so important. Because history allows us to say what? I am you, you, and me. Mm-hmm. Connect. And we can do such and such and such, you know, in building. 
if you you know we look at uh, here in this country <clears throat> Hispanics aren't doing anything with guns to advance their uh, control <laughs> but well that's they, a, that's a, but, that's another but it's culture is is culture but they but they have a culture because they have a land no they have language they have philosophy their language is white it's a white language. It's a white I, language. I said control of the language. They don't have I, control I, of it. But look, they, they but they but they have they an do. actual nation. When, when they speak, they have. To, they can go home. We can't go home. They're leaving home. What are you talking about? But they can go back. No, they're leaving home. They're leaving home, but some of them are they're staying. They're leaving home for what reason? Not everybody. No, don't 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 let the media. I know. I got that. <laughs> you I know got what I mean? That, but what I'm saying to it's you, a lot of them that's staying. What I'm saying to you in this country, when Hispanics come into this country. Mm-hmm. Who speak Spanish, which mm-hmm. isn't their indigenous language, right? Control the language that they speak. They control what's in the language. This is what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. They control what the language does. In other words, when white folks control their language and they speak about other people, they use the language to denigrate, right? Mm-hmm. If you mimic that in terms of how they speak and what they say, mm-hmm. you would denigrate yourself. We do it all the time. That's the point. So we mimic that. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you also can take that same language and shape it to do what? Elevate. Don't you do that? Mm-hmm. That's you what I'm trying to do with podcast. No, you do it. Yeah. No, you ain't trying to do it. Yeah. That's what you do. Yeah. So you're elevating it. So what are you doing? You're taking control of the language and you're using it in a different way. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. You're not using their philosophy. Because if you were using their philosophy, you would be doing what? You'd be beating folks down. Mm -hmm. So you're taking a philosophy and you're shaping it, right? Mm -hmm. Around your identity, Mm -hmm. your sense of history, your understanding of history to do what? Elevate and build. Mm -hmm. That's the point. Mm -hmm. So now what are you doing? Sharing it with other folks. And the folks who hear you say, man, I hear you. And what what occurred? What comes out of that? What can we do together? What can we do? What can we build? That's what that, and that's the method. It's been it's it's the historical method since the beginning of time. So tell brothers like me who are uh, who are cynical as far as what we can achieve as, and I don't even like using the racial terms, but we have to use it because that's all that we have. Mm-hmm. So as black people in America, what yeah. we can do. As far as coming up, because Stop when, when you when you about being cynical, because truly, but look, you know when what? you but when you when you look at what has happened, <laughs> yeah, when we have risen up in the sixties and the seventies, <laughs> you're gonna get killed or you're gonna get imprisoned. War, war. I mean, here's the thing. This is the thing about racism. So is that is that my destiny if I want to fight for my people? Is, so what are you gonna do? The other the other thing is to not to fight is to be what enslaved. And I and if I came and if I look at you and I'm listening to you, brother, I don't think your program is about slavery at all. Not at I don't think you have a pro-slavery. You know, look, man, let's all. Uh, I'm so cynical. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That you know, white people are going to do this, white people are going to do that. That I'm not doing anything. It has nothing to do with white people in that respect. It's not even about white people. It's really about you. The mere fact that you are defining your reality and you're defining what reality should be mm-hmm. is what compels you to do what you do, mm-hmm. right? So therefore, and this, and this is what allows you to endure, right? So it's not even about white folks. Now, mm-hmm. as you are doing it, yes, you know that you are going to encounter white folks who, excuse me, <clears throat> based on their philosophy and orientation, 
that when they encounter anyone else, because this ain't just about black folks. No, it's with not. With white folks. People when they color. encounter anyone else, mm -hmm. their whole orientation is about conquest mm -hmm. and domination. So, with, and knowing that, then you realize, okay, what must we do to defend ourselves, protect ourselves, right? And neutralize. So this this is what I've, this is the, the conclusion that I've come to is we have to go to war. We're already at war. You have no, no, to. No, 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 no. I'm talking about a real war with arms. I'm, but in my mind, we will lose that war because my, we don't have the resources. My good brother, <laughs> real war isn't simply defined by arms. I just gave it's you not, this. I know it's not defined no, just, by arms, no, I but, just, I, but I feel like a physical altercation I just has gave, to happen. No, I just gave you the one of the greatest examples. No, of, you, the, 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 of the soft Japanese, power. yeah, for yeah, sure. Of for soft sure. power. For sure. You you know what I mean? You can't even go to war with arms. Hey, me out. You, if, if, if you armed every black person today, mm -hmm. right? I mean, with capacity to go to war with white folks. And that's your intent mm -hmm. when you arm them. They will kill you. <laughs> <laughs> they will oh, kill you. Oh, man. All right? And, and, and the reason being, that might be is fact. <laughs> what you have not, what you have not addressed, you have not addressed the, the philosophy. You have not addressed the history. You have not addressed their identity. This is mm. what Nkrumah said. Okay. Do you know that the folks in Ghana, oh man, they were happy yeah. to come to independence mm -hmm. from the British, right? Yeah. But when it came to independence from the British, you know what they thought? They thought now they ain't got to do nothing. That mm. now it's the president that's supposed to give them everything and see to it that they have everything. Mm -hmm. And when they realized they had to work for it, well, they wanted him out. Mm. And while he's trying to organize and get, you know, have the people move in the direction that they needed to move, the British were saying, well, you know you had things better under us. Mm. Even though they didn't. Mm. You know? The British were waving technology, you know, to them, better paying jobs or whatever word, it is. Word. And so folks were turning on themselves. Ooh. That's a beast right there. You know, yeah. so the thing is, the, your weapon today is a cultural, cultural. weapon. Mm -hmm. It is what you are able to say to folks and in sharing information and having folks understand who they are embrace that and having folks see that they are distinct from these white folks and know that they're not moving in the direction, you know, of white folks. W.E.B. Du Bois made a very good point. Uh, he said this, and this is how our people are moving. Mm. He, in his book, uh, Dark Water, he wrote in 1922. He wrote, a, it's a collection of um, 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 uh, writings, uh, sort of an anth uh, anthology. Mm. So he did a piece um, on America and he writes about this brother who gets on this train called America, mm. right? And he's sitting on the train called America. He ain't got a ticket. And he's on the train, you know, called America and, you know, waiting for the train to go off because he's, you know, so taken with America. Mm. And the conductor comes through, you know, looking for tickets and he doesn't have a ticket and the conductor kicks him off the train. Mm. So he secretes away back onto the train, right? And now the train takes off. Mm -hmm. And he sits on the train and then he turns and turns to a fellow passenger and he asks the fellow passenger, where is this train headed? 
Mm. That's black folks. Mm. No clue of where they're going, but just know I'm American. I'm American. You know what I mean? I ain't no African. I'm an American. Oh, I ain't no so-and-so-and-so. I'm an American. Man, if you think America ain't so-and-so-and-so, go to any other country and you ain't going to have it better than here. Okay. That's the technology of the country. That's the economy of the country. That's not the philosophy of the country. On paper, that's you not ain't the, nothing. Right. That's not the culture of the country. The country is said by definition, you can't exist. Yeah. And they want to let you exist. So the thing that black folks must do is understand who we are culturally. Mm -hmm. That's what I teach, mm -hmm. who we are culturally. We must understand who we are philosophically. That's what I teach. Mm -hmm. And we must understand who we are in the way of language, how we are communicating with each other, how we communicate with creation. By, the, what, by what I shared, we created global civilization, mm -hmm. right? We created global faith, where folks are sharing faith, the same faith all over the planet. We've done this. Mm -hmm. That's why history is so important. Because as Marcus Garvey said, what man has done, man can do. Mm -hmm. so we've done it before, we can do it again. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But it's important that we have the lessons. If we don't have the lessons, look, <clears throat> we'll give you another side of it. One of the reasons that white people, first of all, white people have never created a nation state, right? A significant nation state that wasn't mined in war. Mm -hmm. They have no examples to look to. That's a fact. They keep going back to Greece and Rome. And Greece and Rome were mired in war. Oh, yeah. They were warrior states. That's all they, they you know, that's their whole mentality war, conquest, war. I mean, look at. Um, even today, a, uh, a guy like Bill Gates becomes a billionaire, mm -hmm. or whatever the other white billionaires are. But what do they do? What do they do? They engage in war to try to take each other's billions. There's no satisfaction. Mm -hmm. You understand? So it's just constant, constant con war of conquest, war of conquest, war of conquest. This defines who they are, and we must understand that. And we must ask ourselves, is that who we're trying to be? Mm. Is that who we want to be? So how are we going to compete? Culture, right? We are... I want to I want to move away from the word compete. We're not competing. We are moving in our own way. Therefore, it's no competition. Because you, when you're competing, you're trying to outdo somebody in their own, you know, like mm. in a similar system. Mm. We're not doing that. What we're doing is we're moving in our own way. So when our people understand what we are capable of doing with each other, literally, we can turn things around. Literally. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Without firing a shot. But where we've lost is, even in this country, where we've lost culturally. You know, so Du Bois wrote about the, the, uh, the dual consciousness. Mm -hmm. You know, it's important, that, you know, to know this. He says, so in the black man, there's a dual mentality. One uh, uh, that's driving him to be an African. He used the word Negro, but I know mm -hmm. what he's talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. That one part of him that's driving to be who he is. Mm -hmm. And then the other that's driving him to be this American who mm -hmm. is not. Right. All right? And so inside of us is this warring character. And why is it this warring character? Because we want you know what I mean? What these we are letting these folks define our reality, 
right? But who we are keeps coming back and hitting us in the face. Even white folks hit us in the face with it. Mm-hmm. You ain't one of us. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So then you, oh man, I'm black. So then you got to go back and you're looking, man. But you know, but what's here? Mm. And 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 if you don't know your history, and if you go by what white folks have defined, you ain't got nothing. Mm-hmm. You ain't never done nothing. Arnold Toynbee, one of their leading so-called white historians, said black people ain't did shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. if we believe that, read Arnold Toynbee's work. You know what I mean? Then you won't find anything because he ain't giving you what you what you did. Oh yeah. He's gonna lead you to nothing. Mm-hmm. And so, so here we look at ourselves and we don't want it. So we want to continue to try to march on the path of whiteness. Mm-hmm. The thing is, we need to look at ourselves, cultivate that, learn what it is, and stick with it. Mm-hmm. Tenacity in war. So as I shared with folks, man, look, when we embrace each other in arms, you know what I mean? Well, we must be able to say to each other, I will never release this. Even without differences, when we argue with each other, like you mm-hmm. married, <clears throat> yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. I'm married, so I know so in your that. marriage, yeah, you have all the arguments you want, but you ain't going out that door. No, you understand mm-hmm. because you've embraced for life, right? And that's what culture does. Mm-hmm. That's what identity does. That's what your philosophy does. Mm-hmm. So when you embrace like that for life, then you can't be torn asunder. So for us, we haven't had this cultural. As a matter of fact, we haven't gotten this far culturally before. I mean, the closest we've come is. <clears throat> Knowing that we were not white people, that's right up out of slavery, mm-hmm. right up out of slavery, black folks bonded together around blackness, right? And around um, ideals of what is just, right, and true. And so we built cities on that. But we didn't, identi- we didn't build it on an African culture, on the history. Why? Because we were divorced from our history. So they didn't know anybody. They didn't know it. They didn't know the history mm-hmm. yet. Mm-hmm. And so the history that we have now, I mean, We've had to unearth that history. Mm-hmm. And, ima- and imagine that the folks who are here, the history that you have access to here, you have more access to African history than folks on the continent have. Mm-hmm. I used true. to think, because folks were there. Me too. <laughs> greater access. I talked to a brother from Zimbabwe. I was like, man, why, don't, why, why y'all don't do this over there? He's like, nah, they don't. Uh, ain't got no he, said, he said, they want to be like you. They want to be like right. the, American right. black people. Yeah. That, Everybody trying to copy y'all. That and no institution. Mm-hmm. If you don't have institutional support, you know what I mean, to perpetuate. I gave you the truest meme. What up, family? I want to thank you all for listening. Appreciate y'all for tuning in. Um, part three should be out the same time as this one. Uh, then we're going to release them together. So go ahead and listen to part three. The conclusion of this conversation is like 45 to 50 minutes. Um, and it, it does a really good job of encapsulating everything that we've talked about, all the information that's been taken in, the dynamics of the conversation that may or may not lead to this comedic way of living. Um being feasible as something that can be sought after 2018 and beyond appreciate y'all for listening grace and peace